God's been good. We haven't just been having church. We've been having a revival church. Amen? Amen. Every service. So we're, we're getting ready for this one to break out and whatever God wants done. Amen. If you came here with a need, I believe God can meet that need. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. So appropriately enough, <laughs> my title of my message is Running on Empty. I, I think there's two kinds of people in the world. There, there are the people who, when your gas tank gets about a quarter of a tank, you're like, i got to get some gas. I can't let this get beyond a quarter. I can't live like that. i, I got to go get some gas. And then there's people who, let me see how far I can run this. <laughs> it's like a Seinfeld episode. Remember that one where they... So, so it's like, I wonder if I can get another 10 miles out of it. I mean, so, so which one do you think I am? Am I the quarter tank or am I the empty tank? Which one am I? You think I'm a quarter? How, how many think I push it? How many think I'm a quarter tank guy? I push it. Oh, yes. I mean, I figure when I get to the end of my life, uh, God's going God's to tell me how many hours I spent diff doing different things. And I think he's going he's gonna to say, you spent X hours in the gas station. So I figure, I figure if I fill up every, when it gets down to a quarter tank, that means, I'll pro uh, that means I'm spending three times as much time in the gas station. I just rebuke that in Jesus' name. I'm going to spend as least. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like the thing. The voice comes on. You are ding dong, ding dong. And then, and and then, and then the then the light goes on. And then, and then there's another thing that comes on. And then, then it stops telling you how many miles you have to go. Right? It goes. It's down to about forty miles. And then it's like you're on your own, buddy. We're not predicting this, you know. It could be two, it could be thirty. We don't know, you know. And then, and then, uh, then the final thing is the gauge itself. And I'm like, okay, it's on E, but I have seen it go a little bit under E before. <laughs> and then there's fumes. Fumes will get you five miles. I know they will. And after the fumes, there's prayer. I've been there. Going down the interstate, I can make it to the next exit. You get to the next exit, there's no gas station. And I don't say anything to Gloria, but I'm over there, I'm over there like, Jesus, help me. <laughs> but I can't remember the last time I've run out of gas. But I, 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 I'm right there. I'm, I'm, I'm right there all the time. Amen. I, I'm going to let that go. But, 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 you know, how many feel like life gets like that sometimes? We, we just feel like we're out of fuel. We're out of gas. We, we just, we're just, and, 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 and there's, you know, and, and, and that's kind of the season we're in. With COVID and all the mess going on in the world, we, we're just drained. We just feel like, you know, what else am I going to do? And so as, I was, as the Lord gave me this, I thought, well, what, you know, what's the story here? So I went to Elisha's widow, and I thought, I thought now, Lord, we've preached <laughs> on Elisha's widow Literally five times a year, somehow or another, she comes up. But then the Lord began to show me. How many know on that onion in the Word, there's just more and more and more and more and more there. So 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1, let's tell the story one more time. 
about this widow. One day the wife of a man from the Guild of Prophets called out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, your servant, my husband is dead. You well know what a good man he was, devoted to God. And now the man to whom he was in debt is on his way to collect uh, by taking my two children as slaves. If you owe money, that's how you paid it. Okay? There's no government bailout. There's no quicken loans. There's nothing. Elisha said, I wonder uh, how I can be of help. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Elisha's like, how can I help? By what means can God bless you? Oh, catch that. By what means can God bless you? And sometimes we make that a short list when actually it could be a long list. By what means can I help you? How can God bless? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Boy, if God went by that, I should be the most blessed man. I got stuff. Actually, none of it belongs to me. I remember a time in my life, everything I owned could be put in a backpack. And every time I remind Gloria of that, she says, well, that can happen again. Okay. (laughs) She says, I've got nothing. And when she means nothing, think back 2,000 years, more than that. 3,000 years, and, and when she, nothing. Can you imagine? It's just, it's just a mud hut. Uh, well, oh, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. I do have a little oil. I do have a little oil left. Ooh, glory to God. Here's what we're going to do, <laughs> said Elisha. Go up and down the street and borrow, say borrow, jugs and bowls from all your neighbors and not just a few all you can get. Then come home and lock the door behind you, you and your sons. Pour oil into each container. When each is full, set it aside. She did what he said. She locked the door behind her and her sons. As they brought the containers to her, she filled them. When all the jugs and bowls were full, she said to one of her sons, Another jug, please. And he said, That's it. There are no more jugs. Then the oil stopped. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She went and told the story to the man of God. He said, Go sell the oil. Make good on your debts. Live both you and your sons on what's left. Wow. So here's some points. Bad things can happen to good people. Now I want you to notice this woman. And and by the way, every time bad things happen to good people, there's always some devil somewhere going to get on your case. Remember we preached this last week. Where's your God? Where's your God? Where is he? You've been bragging on him. You've been bouncing in here all happy every week. Now where's your God? But bad things can't happen. It rains on the just and the unjust. Serving God doesn't mean everything goes the way you want it to go. It doesn't mean smooth sailing. It means God's in the boat. And I'd rather go through a storm with him in the boat than through a storm without him in the boat. But I want you to notice this woman. She said uh, her husband is dead And she gives us a little insight. She said, my husband was 
one of your students, was one of your followers. He was one of the prophets in the school of the prophets. Hmm. Now, the, now, the Jewish Targum goes a little bit farther. This is not the word of, not in the word, but in Jewish tradition here. It said that the, this servant was actually Obadiah. Okay, that means nothing to you. Okay. Obadiah was the guy that worked with Elijah. Remember when Elijah says, there's nobody left but me? But remember, Obadiah hid hundreds of prophets in caves during the time of Elijah. And the Bible, and, and he was in the king's court. So he got bread and water, and he fed the prophets while they're in hiding. Now, according to uh, the uh, Jewish historian Josephus, one of the mo most famous early um, historians that we know of, very accurate, he wrote that the reason Obadiah was in debt was that he borrowed money to feed the prophets. So now, of course, Elijah's taken up into heaven. Obadiah is dead, but he still has these debts to pay. He still has debts to pay. Wow. Listen, I, I think, I don't know what you believe about this, but I think it's okay when you pray to remind God that you've been faithful. I don't know if that helps you maybe more. I mean, he knows. But I think sometimes when you pray and you, and you get down to it and nothing's happening, every once in a while you need to look up into heaven and say, Now, uh, God, I almost said let's have a come to Jesus meeting, but that would be weird. Let's, let's have a meeting here because I've been faithful. You know, it's different when you're praying for something in the back of your mind. You know you've been messing up lately. Come on, it's a little harder to pray when you know you hadn't been faithful. It's a little harder to pray when, when, when you've messed up and you got yourself in the situation you're in. But this woman not only was not responsible for the situation, the situation she was in was because her husband was doing God's will. So she's praying, my man did God's will. He obeyed you. He risked his life doing, and he put the family in debt. Now, what you going to do, God? Ooh, what you going to do, God? I love that. I love that. I love that. I think, I think that's okay to pray that way. That's coming boldly to the throne of grace. Mark chapter 10, verse 28 talks about this. You know, you know Peter was having a moment. He says, Lord, we've, we've left all and we followed you, right? So, verse 29, Jesus answered, and surely I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands. Boy, he makes a long list here. For my sake and the gospel's, who shall not receive a hundredfold, when? When? Now. Don't spiritualize this. He said now. Today. While you're still alive. Come on, church. Now, in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands, with persecutions, by the way. Oh, you had to throw that in. You were going good till you got to the persecution part. And in the age to come, what's, what do we get? So just to make sure you understand, you're blessed 
right now in these ways, and then eternal life in heaven. Listen, I'm a witness to this. Anybody else a witness to this? I don't know how many of you have left houses or lands or family, but if you have, listen, we have, and, uh, and believe me, we've gained family. We've gained houses and lands. God, God has been faithful to what he said he would do. Praise God. Amen. Amen. How many are with me this morning? Point number two. He tells the woman, go borrow. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're already in debt. And the solution Even though the Bible says, oh, no man, anything, the solution is to go deeper in debt. So if you'll just go deeper in debt, see, sometimes faith is a risky thing because you're already in debt. I mean, in debt to the point where your sons are going to have to be sold into slavery until your debt is paid off. And the solution is to borrow even more. Go deeper into debt. It reminds me, it reminds me of a story. I, lo- I love, I hadn't preached on this a long time, but I love this story in 2 Kings chapter 3. And uh, 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 th- th- there's two kings, uh, Jehoshaphat and another king, and they're out, the king of Judah and the king of Israel and, and the king of Edom, and they're out in the desert, and, you know, they were marching uh, to battle, and they got caught in the wilderness so uh, they marched uh, on, on that roundabout route seven days. There was no water for the army nor for the animals that followed them. They were in desperate straits. And the king of Israel said, Alas, for the Lord has called, called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. That's called positive thinking. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord? In other words, can't we pray? Let's pray. Let's seek the Lord. So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. By the way, this is just the previous chapter to what we read, our text. So Elisha says, Bring me a musician. Come on, church. Before I can prophesy, we need a kumbaya moment. Before we prophesy, somebody needs to play on the string. Someone needs to sing a song. Someone needs to get that old-time old religion going. Someone needs to sing. We need to get in an attitude of work. But Elisha knew that you've got to, when you're in trouble, you need to kind of step out of your trouble and get into a place of worship. That if you want to hear from God, you can't be surrounded by all the voices of your trouble. But you need to step into a place where you can hear the Lord. And the best way to hear the Lord is in a place of worship, not a place of complaint. I might need to repeat, repeat that a couple of times. Amen. If your atmosphere is woe is me and I'm undone and all the pro- and all you're doing is complaining, you're not going to hear from God. But you need to step out of your complaint and just begin to thank Him, and just begin to praise Him. Whew. I love that song. That says I'll praise Him on the mountain, or I'll praise Him when the mountain's in my way. Glory to God. I'm going to praise Him. So as they played, the hand of the Lord came upon Elisha. Ah, hallelujah. And he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of, oh, that's a real solution. 
For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also, oh, and by the way, you're going to beat the Moabites. Or, or rather, God said, I'm going to beat the Moabites. So, listen, if you're a general, you're about to be attacked. You want to be, do you want to be in a valley or do you want to be on a mountaintop? Come on, generals. Where's my military people? You want the high ground. You don't want to be on the low ground. Whether you're defending or attacking, you never want to be on the low ground going up at your enemy. You always want to be on the high ground where you can get some momentum and come down on your enemy. So they're in a valley. The Moabites are about to attack. Not, so God says, oh, since you're in a valley, it would make sense. Well, let's go find some high ground. No, no. Here's what you do. Go deeper. I mean, why would I dig a ditch? And he didn't tell them to get in the ditch. He just said, dig ditches. Not, and not a few. Just dig ditches everywhere. Can you imagine? All right, everyone, get your shovels. All right, is this latrine duty? No, this is just digging ditches duty. We're just going to dig a hole. In other words, we're already in the valley. We're going to go even lower. We're just going to dig ditches. And while, listen, church, while they're digging ditches, on the other I believe it had to be because they said, you're not going to see rain. You're not going to see any wind. You're not going to see any storm clouds. So what happened was on the other side of the mountain somewhere where they couldn't see it, it began to rain. It began to pour. It began to storm. Hallelujah. And all that water. Amen. They couldn't see where it was coming from. But all of a sudden, they began to see water trickling down the hill. They began to see gushes of it. Amen. And pretty soon before you knew it, all that water started coming down on the hill hill and it filled every one of those dishes ditches with water filled them to overflowing glory to God there was plenty of water for the troops plenty of water for the animals God did exactly sometimes you have to go backward to go forward you have to be willing to go so what happened to the Moabites when they got up in the morning? The sun was shining on that water, and they said the water, because they didn't know about ditches, they said, oh, my goodness, that, it looks like blood. It looks like blood in the ditches. And, and God put fear in their heart, and they ran, and God not only gave them water, but defeated their enemy. Hallelujah. Doesn't that remind you about uh, Abraham when uh, he was about to sacrifice Isaac? And he says, and Isaac looks up at him, uh, Dad, where's the ram? I mean, I see the ropes, the knife, the fire. The... Where's the ram? And, and, and Abraham just says, God will provide. And you know the story. He, got, he has the knife, right? And an angel stops him. Because while he was preparing the sacrifice on one side of the hill, God was sending a ram up the other side of the hill. 
Glory to God. And just at that moment, when he said, when he was about to sacrifice, he sees a ram caught in a thicket. Amen. God will trap you a blessing. God will, God will create a blessing for you. Amen. It'll come up where you don't expect it. Coming up the other side of the hill, God has a ram in the bush. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Lord in this place. Go borrow. Go borrow. Go borrow. So, so that needs me. My third point is this. God values, watch this, empty pots. I mean, he didn't, he didn't say go borrow money. He said go borrow empty pots. Don't borrow full pots. It, listen, who goes to Kroger's to buy empty milk gallons? Who goes to Kroger's and say, you got any empty uh, uh, jelly jars? Any used, you know, any? You don't go buy empty things. You go to the store to buy full things. That the purpose of vessels is to hold things. And if they're empty, they are not fulfilling. Go find empty vessels. Weird. She didn't go to the neighbor and say, can I borrow some sugar? Can I borrow a cup of, couple, uh, you know, Milk or flour, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> See, I hit one of, those, one of those engines and it just went ping, ping, ping. <laughs> Jesus, help me. <laughs> if I ever look at you, I've known you for 30 years, but I look at you like, what's your name? That's, I'm having one of those moments, okay? <laughs> well, you try to remember 400 names to see if it's what you do. This is weird because God puts a value on empty things. And, and, and go get as many as you can get. As many empty pots as you can borrow. And borrow means you got to return them. you got to bring them back. Whew. I believe she brought them back full of oil and say, that'll be $25, thank you. Here's your pot, and, here's, and it's full of oil. God values empty pots. So that means when I feel empty, I'm still valuable to God. When I'm not firing on all cylinders, I'm still valuable to God. When I've got nothing to give, I'm still valuable to God. When I don't know if I can make it another day or another hour, I'm still valuable to God. He still places value on me. Even when I have nothing to give, he values empty pots. Give him a crazy praise. Jesus. Hallelujah. You know what that means? It's not about what you've lost. It's about what you have left. Y'all didn't hear me. It's not about what you've lost. It's just about what you have left. Moses, what do you have in your hand? Just an old shepherd's staff. That's all you need. Put it over the waters and he parted the Red Sea. Glory to God. What do you got left? Just two sticks. And a, and a little bit of oil, well, light a fire and let's go. We preached last week. What do you got left? Just empty, uh, empty water bottles. Well, fill them up with water. I believe Paul and Silas looked at each other. What, what you got left, Paul? What you got left? Not a thing. They took everything and threw us in this, 
this dank prison. Amen. Here we are. Well, we got one thing. We've got a praise. Listen, church, they can't, the devil can't ever take your praise. You might, you might choose to lay it down, but the devil can't take your praise. Hallelujah. If you have nothing to praise you over, just the fact that you've been saved, that's enough of a praise to keep you going till you get your vessel full again. Amen. Listen, when you don't have anything, you still have a praise. Praise him on the mountain and praise him when the mountain's in your way. Silas, let's praise the Lord. Woo, glory to God. The next point is simply this. Sometimes you have to know how to close the door and start pouring it out. Isn't it interesting? They make a big deal over this. And whenever the Bible makes a big deal, it's got to be a reason. He said, shut and lock the door and start pouring. Listen, when God begins the blessing process, Sometimes, listen, we preach a lot about opening doors. Sometimes you also need to know how to close doors. When God begins to move, you need to know how to keep the, net, the devil's nose out of your house. You need to know how to keep his, his nose out of your business. He said, I gave you the keys to open and shut doors. And sometimes you have to shut a door, hallelujah, and say, devil, God's about to bless, and you've got no business here, hallelujah. I don't want any interruptions. Well, God is blessing me. Close the door and pour and just start Pouring, hallelujah. I think, I think it relates to Revelation chapter 12 when it talks about those who had overcome and, and they're singing the songs of Zion's salvation and power established, authority of his Messiah. Listen, you know why they're singing there in heaven? The accuser of our brothers and sisters was thrown out. The accuser accused us day and night before God. They defeated him. Said, say they defeated him through the blood of the lamb and the bold word of their witness they weren't in love with themselves they were willing to die for Christ they were willing to go deeper they were willing to go into more debt they were willing to step back a little bit more so they could get a running start at what is going on ahead hallelujah Sometimes you have to know how to close the door, and it's through the blood, right? The door, the blood over the lintels of the door, that the blood closes the door. Your testimony, your word that comes through you closes the door. And you have to love God more than you love yourself. And that closes the door. Final point is you need to simply pour out your praise got to learn how to pour out your praise. That oil represents the Holy Spirit, the joy of the Spirit, learning how to pour out, pour out. You know, we sang that song last week, Psalm 42, streams of trouble never ceasing calls for songs of loudest praise. And I feel like, I feel like the louder the trouble, the louder the praise. 
The longer the trouble, the longer the praise. It calls for it. Listen, trouble calls for praise. Oh, feel the Lord. It calls for praise. Jesus is in the house. I, I want you to understand something. How, how, many know, how many know what the devil's former job was? He was music director. And he decided he wanted to be pastor. He wanted to take over. Well, he got the boot. He lost his job. But guess who has his job? You took his job. But not just the people on the platform. You took his job. Every, oh, my God. And, and it's not just one person leading us. Every single one of us took his job. Oh, y'all aren't hearing what I'm saying. No wonder he's mad. You, you took his job. He was the anointed one. Now you're anointed. He led the choirs of heaven. Now you're singing the songs of Zion. Hallelujah. Not only that. But you're singing songs even the angels don't know. You're, you're singing songs the angels aren't allowed to sing. <laughs> he gave you a whole bunch of other songs that, 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 that Lucifer didn't even know about. Oh, Jesus. Is anybody hearing me? You took the devil's job. That means you have his anointing now. That means you have the covering that he was covered with. That means you have instruments in you. Instruments of praise. Instruments of dance. You have it in you, church. 